spiritual armor for our troubled world in times like these by Dr. Rema Adejola. Woman, and 
these things have no place in our lives. Now this morning, I know that many of us come here, we came in some form or another with problems and burdens because that's natural. But when you leave here today, I want you to remember that text that says weeping may endure for a night, but joy, but joy coming in the morning, praise God. We have a selfish spirit that prevails in our country, America. A selfish spirit that says, I am number one, and everything about, about me and within me has to do with what makes me happy. And we have turned so much inwardly to worry about what is happening with me, we seldom care about what's happening from without with others. When it comes to being considerate, when it comes to being kind and meek and humble, and exhibiting the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't fake that joy and love, long-suffering, and goodness, and meekness, and gentleness, faith, temperance. You can't fake that. Sooner or later, you're going to trip up and somebody's going to recognize you as a phony. So these come from God. It is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we ought to be striving for that instead of some of the things we strive for. We talked about church gossip uh, constituting at least three-fourths of the reason for church problems. This little tongue that won't be still. Yeah, the song said, be still my soul. We want God to always be with us. And we talked about that this week, how we can quench the Holy Spirit. We can send him fleeing away from us by uh, what we do, what we say the way we are. And even if we're masking some things and other people cannot see those things in us, God knows all. Amen. He sees all, he hears all, and he is all. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now, our selfishness as a country has become sort of institutionalized. We're taught to look out, to look for gratification and everything. There are some people, even if you ask for a donation of any kind, they want something back in return. Why we find many of our churches that people won't give a dime unless you're having a concert, so they'll receive some singing. Not meddling now. They won't give a dime unless it's a luncheon where you feed me. Then I'll give you some money. You see where we're going? We want something back for everything that we give. And that spirit is not from God. That's a spirit of selfishness, of pride, and arrogance. And even though those are emotions, I posit to you with what I know from deliverance, that these are very live spirits. They operate in your life, and they make you become greedy, avaricious people always reaching and grabbing for something else and we need to yield so many things to god so now we're talking in our society about my self-will we focus upon our own self-righteousness instead of the righteousness of god we look at self-confidence we pump up ourselves so much to the point that we don't think we need god and that's not everybody and it's not a put down it's just something that happens we talk about self-pleasing, what makes me happy. We talk about self-exaltation, putting me up here and you down there. I need a footstool in order to feel good. That's what happened during slavery. 
people needed somebody to be the footstool at the bottom of the rung. Now, these altars, I call them, of self, they have to be burnt down. When Elijah stood before those 450 false prophets and laughed at them, trying to get things happening up there, what's it, Mount Carmel? Which one? Carmel? And then when he went ahead laughing, I thought they must have been really angry at him laughing all the way, wetting up everything and showing them that he didn't pull any hocus pocus stuff. But then God came down <laughs> and showed them who he was and who his speaker was too. You see, a lot of people go wagging their tongue and they're not wagging it for God. But it might seem that way if we cannot discern spirits within people. You should know of what spirit people are. And not everybody that comes through there dressed up in a nice suit is godly. It could be Satan setting you up for the kill. We talked this week about steal, kill, and destroy being his mission. What is your mission? The Lord said, go ye therefore and... What did he say? And a lot of that has to do with teaching, preaching. Exactly. And after you do that and you get people educated enough in the word of God, then you do what? You baptize them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Three. Very intelligent beings. Functioning as one. So when Jesus said, my Father and I are one, that's the thing he's talking about. Now we talked about the Holy Spirit this week, last night to be exact, saying that he is not an it. It's not it will come, he will come. And he has come. But like Jesus, he's knocking the door of our hearts. And many of us have not let the Holy Spirit in there yet. That's why Satan can feed us the lie between our ears that we can't do certain things for God. You don't have to say amen. <laughs> the greatest command, God says, when he summarized the commands, he says what? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, how? With all thy soul, with all thy, with all thy. You see that? All of it. Then last night we also talked about your body, your mind, our soul, body, spirit. We saw that in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I think it was. So for those who don't believe that. Now, why did I go there this morning? Because the soul part of us tends to be the part that deals with us and all these toxic stuff that I'm talking about. Not your physical body. It's the soul man in you. You hear the song say, I'm a soul man? <laughs> and everybody start twitching and wiggling with James Brown. And I won't tell my age, but that, <laughs> that when that came up, everybody went down the street and said, I'm a soul man. <laughs> you see, you're a soul man. Don't be soulish. God doesn't want you soulish. He wants you to be a spirit-filled man. Amen. And a spirit-filled woman. Filled with him. Not your soulish stuff. And the soulishness will tell us about me, myself, and I. What makes me happy, what I want, when I want, how I want, with whom I want. And I dare nobody else to tell me anything differently. Which brings in the rebellion part. And we all, every last one of us, at some point or another, has had rebellious thoughts against what God says in this word. We agree mentally, sometimes subconsciously, but nevertheless, we decide just how much we will trust the Lord. And most of us don't trust him enough. 
Some are willing to tread a little softly enough to come and Sabbath. Some may go up to the waste part of it. They believe him a little bit more than others. But when it comes to being totally immersed, yeah. then we start talking about fanaticism. You can't be a fanatic for God. You can't never worship him enough. So how dare anybody call you a fanatic? But we showed about the football and the basketball. And we, woo, we giving everything with all that. Letting everybody know in no uncertain terms who is my team. Is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Are those on your team? If he is, then we need to walk the walk. And God said, if my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves and that's the hard part. The humbling part. All of us want to see ourselves up here. We want to see ourselves here. But the man got a basis and stuff. I call it taking the low seat. That man, God, will exalt. But the one that exalts himself is doing so because Satan is prevailing in his life. And God will crack your head for you. He's good at it. Not because he hates you, but to discipline you. And self-discipline is a better one because when he has to do it, then he puts you in a straight jacket. Sometimes he backs you in a corner. And no matter how you fight to get out of that corner, he has Satan holding you in there. Why? Because he said, I'll make a way out. But who's going to find it? You! You will find me when you have searched for me with all your heart. So when you're in a straight jacket, you start hollering up forward, looking up there. Because there's nobody left, there's nobody right, there's nobody behind you. And I say, God help you if you don't look up. Because somebody has been praying for you while God is taking that time with you. And today, we need the Job experience. See, Job didn't know what was hitting him, but we do. Because we can read about Job. So who says that in... It's time for repentance, brethren. It's time for repentance. We're in a troubled world with very few answers. So here come the Hebrew boys in the furnace. And they turn up the furnace how many times hotter? So did they start whining and say, okay, King, we're going to give in? No. They say, our God is able. He's able. He's able. I know. Creator 
when? In the days of your youth. So you wasted 50, 60 years. You say, I wander far away from God. Now I'm coming home. Of sin so long I trod. Now what we do with the drum. That's what we need to look at. 
We look at instruments and decide which ones belong in the church. I have no problem with one instrument because I believe music is beautiful. It's the art of putting sounds together that are pleasing to the ear. And we need music, in fact, it was developed to praise God. But when we take that music and get other people acting crazy now, then that's the problem. It's not the instrument. You can blow the saxophone and make it sound as holy as if Jesus come to kid. The Bible says, the, the psalm will say, lift up the trumpet and law let it ring. And Psalm 150 said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Even the symbols are in there. So don't tell me about a quiet church where you tippy-toe and you don't ever sing out. Because when Jesus descends, he's going to do it with a shout. Now, we have Hollywood projecting Christians as being bad. You know, this is a switch. Usually you go to the movie and the bad guy does something. And you know, sooner or later they always get caught. But now they have the Christians in that seat. Pay attention to these movies, you folk that are flipping to the movies. And you're claiming that Ellen White was in her time talking foolishness. There are many Sunday Adventists that hit the cinema weekly. Oh, yes. And some hit it in the home in the form of cable. That pornography is ruining some minds. Because your mind cannot feast on spiritual things when you're hung up on those low base things. You don't want beauty and the beast in the same body. And Christ will not dwell in a body where the devil is reigning. You have to be hot enough in the fire to say, get me out of here. Then he comes. But he's not a God to force anything upon anybody. The truth is there for everyone. Some partake, some do not. And now a spiritual woman, I'm saying today, to be a spiritual woman, it is one hard task. You have children rising up, fresh, feisty as ever, telling the parent what I'm not going to do. And if you get them slapped, they slap in the parent back. I never had one of those. Somebody would be dead, and I know it wouldn't be me. See, I didn't care how tall or how big they got. All I know is that the Lord gave me the authority to do what I need to do. And I know what it feels like having been a single parent. Thank God for parents, because my mom and dad stood by me until they died. And then it was just Jesus and me. And it's still Jesus and me. And he has never failed me yet. He's never failed me yet. He's never failed me yet. Jesus Christ has never failed me yet. Oh, everywhere I go, I want the world to know that Jesus Christ has never failed me yet. And he won't fail you either. I can speak for him. <laughs> we have in the movies bestiality. We have homosexuality. We have lesbianism. We have women fighting men for their wives. We have men fighting women for their husbands. All sorts of mess. The Bible says in the book of Romans that God gave them up to their own lust. He's not going to stop you at the time when you think he will. Because God has his own timetable. See, he's good at filling up the cup. And in the book of Revelation, it talks about the indignation. <laughs> when it's filled up enough with the wrath. Look at that third angel's message. If any man worship the beast, you read that whole one. 
and receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without. We need to be taking God seriously. Anybody coming within two feet of us should be hearing about Jesus or seeing Jesus in you or in me. And I don't care if they're white, I don't care if they're black, if they're Chinese, we should not be discriminated. We have our churches divided, white church, black church, Chinese church, this church, that's nonsense. Because God doesn't have any little communities like that planned for heaven. Heaven is for all of us. But it's not for fools. The book of Proverbs talks about fools over and over. Now, our homes are being messed up. Because the enemy knows that if I divide the home, I will conquer the individual part. It's from the home. If I get them separated, if I get them divorced. I watched it in my family, so I know what I'm talking about. But growing up, I didn't hear about any divorce. I didn't hear about separations. But because we have the media now, and we have access to travel now, what used to be contained in maybe a community or a home is now public, global knowledge. And people are finding out the devilment of other people from all over the world. And they're choosing devilment over godliness. Do we fight with our tongue by cursing people out? See, you have to listen to God. <laughs> your fight, the Lord in uh, Exodus 14, 14, he said, the Lord shall fight your battle and you shall hold your peace. Now, nobody can tell me that better than God could. He says, two years ago, I was smelling literal hell for something I didn't do. But the Lord warned me from day one, I will fight your battle, you hold your peace. And don't you stop doing what I asked you to do. Stand still and see the salvation of our God. So I can speak with that spiritual authority that God is able. It doesn't matter what a judge down here says. No, the prosecutor down here says. They wrote a long scroll like this against me, made me look like Bonnie and Clyde. And one by one, the Lord just picked them up. No, 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 no. Not guilty. That's what was written in heaven. And all I can say is praise be the name of the Lord. And in that courtroom, I had nobody but my lawyer. I didn't have a mother. She's dead. I didn't have a father. He's dead. I had no sisters, no brothers, no friends. I had Jesus. Jesus faded all. All to him I owe. Sin has a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Now, the fatherless children's day. All the research is showing how the children's brain gets scrambled, sort of. When the home is not what God says, happy the home where Jesus is, right? You have the Satan. He's very good at an art of destroying. I'm telling you right now because mothers, he's after women hitting the home. If I can turn them into lesbians and let them focus on some base passions, then I got them and I have their children too. If he can get you workaholic, 
working two and three jobs, talking about Johnny is going to college and so and so is going to the university and you don't have time for worship in the morning. You don't have time for worship in the afternoon. You don't have time to hug your children or pray with them and say, God loves you. Have a blessed day. Instead of cursing each other, last words parting through the door in the morning, curse, 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 and then sometimes somebody's not coming back home that day, but you don't know it. Last week I was in New York, and that very thing happened. I mentioned it this week. The lady just going to Costco to pick up a few things, and she had her two grandchildren, son-in-law, daughter in the van, and in less than an hour, she was gone. All she knew is he was speeding, heading for that truck. And she knew what was going to happen. She flung her body on top of the two grandchildren and got her body splattered. They had to cut them out of the van. But guess what? Under his wings, I'm abiding. The two boys were saved. And tempest no one. I'm telling you. Him. 
you got to follow him too. And I will not be a part of some some uh, some little carriage where the donkey wants to go right and the, the horse wants to go left. So we must not be unequally yoked. We must choose the people with whom we plan, the people who are closest to us. Believe me, you will have a Judas close by. Always ready to do the Judas thing by you. So you must stay on your toes in the Lord. He will give you the discernings to see. He will give it to you. Now, our Bible talks about weeping all over. And we love to go around talking about love. The young people think that love is some funny feeling inside of you. I got some news for you. That funny feeling doesn't last. When the storm comes, it's a master. The tempest is raging. That love goes to dust. The kind of love we need is an unconditional one that God says, no matter what this person does, I'm going to love them anyway. But we don't have that. We have men that are casting the women aside like a piece of trash in favor of another woman that may look younger or prettier. And God has something waiting for you because there's a way that seems right unto men, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So just because death is not happening right this minute, you're pursuing success. Yes, we have the success syndrome. I have to get my degree so I can be like so-and-so. But that's not the reason to get a degree. You need one because you can help somebody do something. Yeah. Mobility. Some of us move around and we get in like little spirits all over. Visiting church after church after church after church. And we don't ever do anything for God but visit another church to decide who's going to out-preach who. Or who is not doing whatever. If you find a problem wrong in your church, you are being called of God to fix it. He didn't call you out of darkness into his light so you can point your finger at anybody else. If he let your eyes be open to whatever the problem is, you have a right to get it fixed. Or try to pursue a way. Pray, ask him, how could I help this situation to be better? But we need to stop ripping our church apart. And the church is made up mostly of women. And that's why we need to give that careful attention. So love, my friends, is giving of oneself. More so than receiving from other people. If you take yourself, as we said last night, out of the equation in favor of ministering to souls that God wants to come into his fold, you will find less time to have a pity party for yourself. Poor little me. Nobody's giving me attention. I don't get this. I, I, I. Who is this person? Satan. He's the author of it all. Praise the Lord. You don't have to say anything. I'm going to wrap that up. No, as a TV is a thief of time. Some of us put in maybe one hour with the word and about 25, 30 hours with the TV. And you don't have a say so because the TV is speaking to you. You're not getting any chance to speak back to the box. So that's a one-way conversation. They get to dump everything into your little canister up here. And you don't get to let out anything. So what we said this week was choose what will come in here and screen, filter out what does not belong in there. Whatever is not of God is of the devil. There is no purgatory. (laughs) Praise God. Now when we covenant with God to do anything... I want you to know that God says this thing right here. My covenant will I not break, nor will I alter the thing that is going out of my lips. God loves women 
You see, Mary was there because he cast seven devils out of her. And see, some of us don't want to believe that the devil is alive and well. But I'm telling you that the devil is alive and well. And he stays on the job trying to mess you up so that you don't get into the heaven from which he was kicked out. Some of us don't believe that. But it's true. And this woman, because of God doing so much for her, she thought it little to be able to kneel down, wash his feet. Huh? Her tears, I can just picture her crying. And my very hair, I wipe it for him. Anoint him. And they have Judas. The daring to look at the money. Some of us are like that. Don't feed the poor and hungry. We need that money for something else. Why can't she pay her rent? Come and ask in the church for help. I, I work hard. How come she can't work hard too? We get into that sort of stuff. But we're supposed to help one another. We're supposed to edify one another. If your sister is in pain, then your pain, you should feel it. If you're happy and gleeful that she is downtrodden and, and not feeling well, then you have a serious problem. So weeping may endure for a night. The Bible says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's when the judgment times come. But if you're doing the right thing in the Lord, even if you're crying inside this morning, the tears that nobody else can see, you're hurting because somebody literally abused you all week. Be it mentally, physically, spiritually. My word to you this morning is weeping may endure for a night, but joy coming in the morning. And I want us to go into a prayer session just like we've been doing this week. We're going to get into some groups. Some of us don't like the word prayer, but you want to smell a sweet incense in here this morning for tarrying just that little bit longer with the Lord. Last night I said there was a healing in here, and the sister came and confirmed it right here. I know nothing. She wasn't even here last night. And there's my blessed sister right there. She said, Who knew? Did it never know about her? I, I didn't. She did. And she looked what God let happen to her. Why? Because they're releasing. I also asked you to give a seed faith offering. How many of you came prepared to do that? You didn't covenant with God? How many of you did that? Because I wanted you to come up and give your offering right there. Not your tithing, not your regular offering. But we asked you, if you have something in your life going on, and you want God to answer that thing, come and give a seed faith offering towards anything going on in this church that you know God wants done. And I'm going to match that with my prayers that God will answer and address your need. That's what I asked this weekend. If you did that, come up. If you made a mistake and you put it in the offering plate already, that's okay. I'm going to ask you, when we get in these little prayer groups, and you have that offering here first. I'm going to put the hand over that and I'm going to ask God to really answer your prayer. Yeah. I want everybody to experience with him what I know I'm experiencing with him right now. Amen. I know whatever it is, if I get on 